Welcome to our resource episode of The Bald Project. This is part two of Judy Pearson's story and is a highlight of her nonprofit organization, A Second Act, which is founded on the idea that there is healing and helping others. Without further ado, here's Judy. Welcome to The Bald Project. I'm Judy Pearson. I am the founder of an organization called A Second Act. So tell me a little bit about A Second Act. I am a nonfiction writer by profession, and so I very carefully researched my um, cancer type and my um, treatments um, so that I would be well prepared going into it. But at no time did it occur to me to research survivorship. I just figured that as soon as I was unplugged from chemo, the old Judy would jump out of the chemo cake. And... um, That, of course, is not anywhere near the um, reality. I was researching for a book before cancer that um, and had uncovered some very interesting statistics about the health benefits of um, helping, of volunteering. It helps you manage your chronic illness. It makes you feel better. It lifts your spirits. And some research even pointed to the fact that it extends lives. The research was done with the elderly, but it extends lives. And then after cancer, after I came across that research again and started meeting women who were doing amazing things in their survivorship, I put the two together and thought, wow. There's healing and helping. doesn't matter what the helping is. doesn't matter whether you create something on your own or you're simply taking soup to a neighbor or visiting people in the hospital or taking care of animals. doesn't matter. Taking the focus off you, your fears and your problems make you feel better. And so our organization supports and celebrates women survivors of all cancers who are doing just that. They're using their gifts of life and experience to give back to the greater good in some way. So I think the best way to start um, kind of diving in is tell me about the STARS event and then tell me how it funds your grant program. STARS, um, which stands for Survivors Tell a Real Story, is a live storytelling event, takes place annually, here in uh, the Valley of the Sun, Um, although um, auditions are open to women survivors from all over the state. um, We audition over a weekend for a cast of eight women. The audition team um, listens to all their stories, the same group of people, and then makes the cast decision um, at the end of the auditions on Sunday of that weekend. The women then um, rehearse their stories. Uh, I actually uh, help them sort of maybe put them in a little bit clearer uh, verbiage, put the chronology straight. Some the, The audition team, which changes every year and does not include me, always has a few questions or, gosh, it'd be great if she could talk more about that. So we work on that part over the first week or so after auditions and then um, they begin rehearsing and uh, on their own and then we have two rehearsals um, that they do together and then they take the stage they read their stories so there's no pressure having to 
um, memorize them. Um, and the idea is not to tell a sad cancer story. And in fact, we, we go a long way to tell people, potential audience members, this is not a sad cancer event. This is the most amazing collection of women each year who just like Phoenix have risen, risen from the ashes of cancer to do remarkable things. And the money that we raise, both from the performances and from the sales of our book, um, two of the gals in the very first cast um, five years ago said, hey, this should be a book. You're a writer. You, you, let's make this a book. And they, they suggested that backstage before they'd even ever gone on to do their stories. So our process is, and one of them is actually now the book's editor. So the process is, as soon as we get the stories into a form that um, is readable for a reader who's not at the show and that the cast member likes, then those go off to the editor. She puts them into the book and they are ready for sale at the show. So you leave the performance, can walk out to the lobby, and we tell people they're free with a $20 donation. <laughs> then um, the money that we raise allows us uh, to do our three programmatic um, components. One, we hold quarterly girls' night out events, which are um, really survivor networking events. A little wine, some munchies, our signature cupcakes, and a whole lot of um, of sisterhood love. It's it's the veterans guiding the rookies. Um, some women are decades out, some are relatively newly diagnosed, and they see these women who, like you and me, are completely calm about the fact that, yep, boob came off, hair fell out, we're okay. You can be yeah. too. We also conduct uh, workshops which allow women to consider what their passions, their skills, and their cancer might have uniquely qualified them to do in a second act if they haven't quite decided what their second act is or if they want to refine their second act. And so um, tribe members, gals who've been in our performances, and I guide those, um, and we conduct those in Tucson and in Phoenix, and starting next year, we're going to add Flagstaff. Yes. And then um, the, the third component is our micro grants. We make five $1,000 grants every year to women who are ready to launch or grow their second act. Um, the, the advisory board that second act is privileged um, to have on board um, reads the grant applications, and as I said, we select five of them. It's a very difficult job. I wouldn't want yeah. it. I'm not on that board either. I only take the easy stuff. I make other people do the hard stuff. <laughs> you show up and are like, yay! <laughs> yay! So we started in 2016, and um, I had done a couple stage performances before I launched the organization just to make sure they would they would work. So I've, um, when we take the stage in March of 2020, it will be my 10th performance. And with Second Act, um, there have already been 55-0 women who have been a part of our cast. And um, 
I'm just, I'm super excited. I think it's really remarkable that, that people get so excited about it. I, I love them. That's how actually we met. So That's <laughs> um, right. why was it important for you to have women tell their stories versus having that usual gala event that most cancer organizations have? Well, first of all, because I love to do anything different, mm-hmm. um, and the calendars are filled with galas, 5Ks, uh, golf tournaments, <clears throat> so I wanted something that was completely different. And secondly, um, the the stories that are selected, in the, and not that all the stories aren't, pardon me, not that all the stories aren't really, really important. The stories that are selected are chosen to vary the ethnicity, the age, the cancer type, the story tone in order to reach someone, everyone in the audience. The purpose is to make the audience realize that life is full of challenges, whether you have cancer or not, you know, financial challenges, relationship challenges, work, doesn't matter. You need to find a second act after every one of those things that knocks you down. And these women's stories are so powerful that the audience members think to themselves, oh, my gosh, if she can overcome that, I can overcome fill in the blank. So the idea is that they, they are the inspiration for the next group to have a second act. And then they, in turn, hopefully, whether on our stage or any other in any other mode of communication can inspire someone else to have a second act. Society works that way when we all pull together to help one another. So just to circle back around, um, your organization is not cancer type specific? Nope, just women specific, gender <laughs> specific, I mean. <laughs> and specific to Arizona. But if somebody wanted to come from out of state, you'd welcome them with open arms. Absolutely. I think um, we've been asked frequently, you know, gosh, I'd like to do a show in in my town. And um, it's not easy. It's easy for me because I've done it enough. And, you know, I I have a timeline that I print out every year and I say, okay, by this time I have to be doing this. I have to lock lock this in, lock this in. Um, And it's about that time to start making my list and checking it twice. Um, But it's not an easy thing to do. So people from out of state, it's not a, um, it's easy to me. It's maybe not as easy as putting on a gala or a golf tournament, but I've done that too. And that's not easy either always. Um, But it's, and the other good part uh, for us, is that each woman's story is also available on our website at asecondact.org. Oh, and please note, it's second with a two. Yep. Um, So it's available on our website. So you can watch their stories. You can see what kind of cancer they had. You can listen to their stories. Um, So it's almost like being there. Yeah. I love that. What are, um, do you have any, like, two-year goals, five-year goals for how big you want a second act to get? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I am working on a book about an organization that probably 
you've never heard of, no one, hardly anyone hears about them, yet they really changed the course of survivorship. It's called the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship. I have um, heard of they them. Were, <laughs> oh, yay. All right. They were founded in 1986 as a grassroots Veterans Guiding the Rookies Survivorship Organization. Um, then they realized that if they wanted to affect policy change, um, and at that time, the the world was very discriminatory against cancer survivors. You could lose your job. You could lose your insurance. People thought it was contagious. So all of that needed to stop. Um, and in order to make those changes, they needed to move to Washington, D.C. And when they did that, they ceased being the survivor-driven, grassroots, hometown kind of an organization. So I tell you that to say that I'm not sure. I'm not sure I, I want to grow Second Act outside of Arizona. Okay. I'm not saying that it couldn't do it. Um, if it grew outside of the state, I would I would want it to be done in exactly the same way yep. that we do it here. Or otherwise, you know, people can just go pick up their own thing. Yep. Um, so if someone came along and said, I want to be a mini me, I will do everything you tell me. I will never deviate from the, uh, from the playbook. Um, then maybe I'd consider it. But right now I, I just love the fact that I have the opportunity to do this. And because of our book and because all the videos go online, the entire country and really the entire world has the opportunity um, to to be inspired by these stories as well. So my my two year goal and my five year goal goals um, would simply be to continue growing the organization here and to continue reaching as many people locally with our storytellers live and um, as many people globally with our storytellers um, from our website and our books, because I think it's really, it's probably the greatest step toward healing is to simply just take yourself out of this pity party, poor me, and focus on someone or something that's also in dire straits. There's always people above us on the ladder of life but there's also an awful lot of people below us too. Yep, absolutely. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your grant recipients? I know that your event is women, non, you know, of any cancer type who are doing some sort of kindness project or nonprofit in the world. But is your, are your grant recipients, are the programs that they're starting cancer specific as well? So the, the grant recipients, just like our storytellers, vary considerably in all the ways I mentioned. Um, the grant recipients do as well. So some um, have started their own organizations. Some have published books and created um, blogs that they use their grant money for. Um, some of them have been... Um, some of their projects have involved the animals, um, families, keeping families together. Um, a woman who had come from Detroit 
um, actually got her PhD while she was right after her um, storytelling um, on our stage. And her focus was all family and keeping families together. Um, exercise is huge. Um, exercise is important whether you're a cancer survivor or not. Um, some of them have started body part or cancer organ, cancer site specific organizations. Some of them um, serve all cancers. So it's just a real combination of things. And the reason that we're women specific is because um, men and women heal differently. Women heal very much through communication, collaboration, nurturing one another. We're real good at those kinds of things. Yep. And that's what this organization is all about. Perfect. Um, I think we've covered the list of questions I have. Is there anything else that you would Yay. want anyone to know about your organization? And please tell us your website. Absolutely. Our storytelling events occur every March. Um, and I think Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts will be our home. So for 2020, it will be March 22nd. But each year after that, we'll, we'll be clearly posted on our website, which is a2ndact.org. Um, and as I said before, the storytellers' um, videos are all there, broken out individually. So you can watch one. You can just sort for all the breast cancer, all the ovarian cancer. You can watch them all, you know, whatever floats your boat. They are just as inspiring. Um, the second and third time around as they are the first time around. That's Agreed. for sure. Agreed. I have definitely yeah. visited a few a couple different times, and I think they're I all. Know. I know. learn something new and every we were, time you see them. We were so honored to have you as part <laughs> of the 2019 cast. Thank you so much, which is why we're here today. So thank you That's for helping right. launch this. Um, well, I don't have anything else. Thank you for highlighting this um, your organization for us and all the work that you, you do, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. I can talk about this till the cows come home. <laughs> I would like to thank Judy for her time and dedication to helping women find their calling after cancer. Whether it's just helping a neighbor with a small chore or something larger like starting a nonprofit, I'm a firm believer that volunteer work truly does feed the soul. This podcast has surely brought some healing into my own life, and a second act was a pretty big stepping stone in helping me launch this project. I am grateful for all the wonderful things that Judy and a second act has brought into my life. If you're interested in knowing more, you can find links to a second act and the stars book at theballproject.com. Until next time, this is Monica telling you that baldness is nothing to be ashamed of.